What's up, Bills Mafia? This is Gregory Russo, defensive end for the Buffalo Bills, and you are listening to The Lockdown of Jake Jordan. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to the coolest place in Bill's Mafia outside of Western New York, the Lowdown. I am your host, Jake Jordan, and this week, you know, there's not a lot of news to talk about. We can hit on a few things, but I'm going to tell you right now, just right at the forefront, I'm going to put it out there just so you know, this podcast will be a kind of a re-airing of a podcast that I originally did for the Buffalo Fanatics when I was there I interviewed my father and you know we talked about stuff like how we got like how he brought us in to being Bills fans you know talked about his history of being a Bills fan we did our all-time Bills team so some of the things that you might hear in the podcast might be a little bit dated to I would say about like a couple of weeks before the draft but in complete honesty there is just not a lot of stuff to talk about this week now obviously i'm going to hit on a few things before i send you into the podcast which i believe is roughly around about an hour because that's what i liked to keep those shows at so what are we going to talk about this week let's get the big things out of the way first the buffalo bills restructured stefan diggs and we were able to save seven plus million dollars on the cap, bringing us around 11 million. Now, I've seen some people just say that this is going to be spending cash. I've seen some people say that this is going to be for a Josh Allen extension. I'm going to tell you right now when it comes to the Josh Allen extension thing, this only frees up money for this year. So that makes no sense, at least on the front of saying that it's for Josh Allen, because it is not a future you know, future altering restructure. It is for this year alone. And I, it is of my volition that I believe it is going to be for an addition this year, whether that be Julio Jones, which I'm not a big fan of that signing. But if you get Julio Jones, I mean, that just immediately bolsters your already amazing wide receiver core. And then there's the guy that I want, Zach Ertz, even though a lot of people think that he's washed, 31 years old, why would we want that on the team? I think that there's a lot of good reasons for Zach Ertz, and I'll list them right now. I think even though we've heard a lot from Dawson Knox today saying that he was working with hand-eye coordination trainers for about six weeks, um, that's great. But I think that Dawson Knox maybe could use, and we've seen it before with having just a veteran in the room who's been able to, you know, pass on some things, especially with a guy who's been talked about in the conversation that Zach Ertz has before. Of course, he's not Travis Kelsey or one of those types of tight ends like George Kittle, but he is a red zone threat, which is what you want your tight end to be. And for a guy who's played in a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl, I mean, any kind of knowledge that he can pass off to the guy that we want to be our future tight end would be a plus in my book. And also, 
I think that having Zach Ertz just elevates that position altogether. Now, I like guys like Jacob Hollister. I like Tommy Sweeney. I like Dawson Knox. But you can't tell me that adding Zach Ertz doesn't just give you one more threat on the field. And yes, I understand he's not that George Kittle or Travis Kelsey type of tight end. But dude has the clutch gene. Like Travis Kelsey and George Kittle also have the clutch gene. Zach Ertz in the red zone is almost an automatic touchdown. He's one of those guys who has really good hands. And maybe you don't agree with that. Maybe you think that, hey, you know, we've got Dawson Knox. And if he's working on it, the reason you get Zach Ertz is if you need that insurance policy that Dawson Knox does not take that next step that we think that he will because, you know, believe it or not, tight ends take a few years to develop in the league. So if Dawson Knox, after a few years, which this year will be after a few years, if he does not take that next step, you need a tight end that will. And don't get me wrong, I love Dawson Knox. The plays, the highlight plays that he's had, it is amazing. But I'll tell you right now, if Dawson Knox drops a few of these touchdowns and clutch moments this year, how are we going to feel? Maybe you want a security blanket like a Zach Ertz there. I'm not sure what you guys think, but I do believe that Zach Ertz is an immediate upgrade on that position. And there's also been talks of Steven Nelson, the free agent cornerback, you know, coming in and is definitely a guy who's a bigger name out there and, you know, built in Buffalo was featured on Bleacher Reports because of Ryan Talbot. Thank you, Ryan Talbot, for getting built in Buffalo. And our post that was made by Eli of, you know, saying, hey, how would everybody feel about Steven Nelson to the Buffalo Bills? And Steven Nelson liked it and has been liking things related to Steven Nelson to the Bills. And I think Steven Nelson is just an automatic upgrade at CB2. Now, you can <laughs> debate whether or not he's better than Levi Wallace. I think he's a slight upgrade over Levi Wallace. And we'll see if he'd be able to beat him out for that spot for CB2. I really would just like to bring in Steven Nelson because I would like, you know, more depth at that cornerback position. I think Steven Nelson is a great addition. There's been some talks, too, that these restructure we made from Diggs, if we traded for Ertz, we could restructure him and also get Steven Nelson and be able to fit them under the cap which I think would be the perfect situation all around so that's just my little thoughts of what's going on this week and obviously maybe by the time this comes out we have talked or we have signed Zach Ertz or are in talks to sign Zach Ertz after we trade for him obviously you have to trade for Zach Ertz and I think you're probably going to be looking at around like a, a fifth round pick I think a fifth round pick for Zach Ertz is very reasonable for someone who has the pedigree that Zach Ertz has even though it's not the top of the list it's still pretty damn close probably the step under it so what do you guys think about that you know make sure to put out on Twitter, you know, let Built in Buffalo know how you guys feel about possibly getting Ertz and Nelson. How does that sound? That sounds great, doesn't it? So I have been your host, Jake. This has been the lowdown on the Built in Buffalo podcast network. I'm going to send you to past Jake who is sitting with his brother and his father in a kitchen right now talking about the Buffalo Bills, talking about the past, the present, and the future. I hope you guys enjoy. This has been the lowdown in the present, now sending you to the past.
Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Jordan Hour. As always, I am your host, Jake, joined by... Bryce. And now, last week, we had Brother Adam on. And today, we have our father, the man who... Birthed us. Yeah. Helped us get birthed. He, did. he contributed a bit. And he's Crazy. the man who passed down what once was a curse yeah. to be a Buffalo Bills fan, but is now somewhat of a, uh, it's a cool thing now. It's a cool yeah. thing to be a Buffalo it's Bills It's cool to fan. be a Bills fan. Yeah, it's, it's a blessing now, right, Dad? Like, it has, is. Like, we, we've talked about it before on the show where we've been like, we, we understand that there was a long, long time to get to where the Buffalo Bills are today. Right. And you saw they were okay back when oj was like they were a team that kind of floundered they didn't have much success and then the super bowl years came and then after that they pretty much stunk again so just like seeing what the buffalo bills now like what how does it feel like i a lot of people like us we're we're we've got into the bills we were fans for a couple years while they sucked with rex yeah right and then now they're good with Sean McDermott. Like, how does it finally... We didn't suffer for as long, like, nearly. Uh, and unfortunately, you'll just always be guarded. You'll always be reserved. You, you never believe that, that yeah. it's really going to happen. But I got to tell you, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of things I like with Brandon Bean and mm. McDermott. And, and I, everything seems to be going in the right direction. I'm... I'm Cautiously optimistic okay, is the I, way I remain usually at the beginning of every season. I was going to ask. I'm like, how do you feel, though? Do you go in now with all these years, like I said, I was going to name this podcast episode interview with a jaded Bills fan. Do you go into this next season with high expectations like a lot of us do, but how, like you're so used to going into every season with this optimism, but with that feeling in the back of your head that you're going to get let down, is that still the case? Or do you think this team is finally to where, like, those years where you knew you made it to the Super Bowl, you were like, okay, we made it there, you felt confident that you could get back there? Is that how you feel? Now we made the AFC Championship, are you confident that we can make it back there like that? Or Oh, we definitely have the talent to do it. Um but I don't know how many seasons at the beginning of the season you go into the season, you're thinking we've got all the pieces. You know, we've done a lot of work in the off season. We're going to move forward. We're going to improve. We're going to be so much better this year. And then it just, you know, the injury bug or, you know, whatever. It just it always – something always seems to happen. But every single year – the off season, you do the same thing to yourself, and you look at everything they're doing. You look at it, and, and you get all excited again. You just, you can't help yourself. It's, uh, it's just one of those things. And but this year, I, I do believe we have all the pieces. I, I, I would think my biggest concern is on the defensive side of the ball. I, I would agree with that. And see, that's the problem, right? Is that we get cautiously optimistic for these uh these seasons and really what happens is is back then you got cautiously cautiously optimistic with a team that stunk 
the year before. Right. But right. see, now we're being optimistic with a team that, you know... Just went to the AFC Championship game. Just went to the game. AFC Championship and, and multiple times, and it's not going to stop. We're going to be going toe-to-toe with the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Like, definitely. It, it has a different kind of feeling to it. It's like, like I said, I want you to go back to... You had just made, say, two Super Bowls in a row. You had that confidence where it was like, okay, our team is pretty much... You know, one of the top dogs. If we want to get oh, back, yeah. we you can just, get you back. Just watch the off season to make sure you were bringing as many pieces back as you could. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I think we're we're, we're kind of like we're doing this season. And we're we're adding pieces. Yep. So uh, we did lose some on defense. We've you know we'll have to see what we we do to you know how the replacements do, but uh, I I think we're going in a good direction. And yeah, it's um. I'm less cautiously optimistic, <laughs> if you want to put it that way. Yeah, there's, you're, you're more now. You're not I'm cautious. Excited. Yeah, you're I'm not cautious about right. being optimistic. You're now, kind of excited. You're excited yeah. because it's like, okay, we've watched this progression build, and that's where we're kind of kind of hit our first point here is the importance of culture. We've seen this build up and this culture building with the Buffalo Bills where, you know, you can't really say that there was a culture except a culture of this team stinks for 20 years. And now there's a culture of winning mentality finally. And it all started with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean. Coming in, he started off uh, started off in the locker room with playoff caliber, right? And now it's uh, the past the past year and this year it'll be – Still championship caliber. It's, it's expectations. Yeah, it's not playoff caliber anymore. It's championship caliber. That's and, what they expect. And what I've loved about this offseason is the fact that players are sacrificing and taking different contracts and things like that because they want to be here. Exactly. People are coming here to be part of this. Yep, part players, of it. Players are excited to come here and be part of this. Right. Which that that just tells you it's – it's a good thing. It's and a you good place to be. It's Yeah, and you see these guys taking pay cuts to be here. Like Emmanuel Sanders, he could have went and made more than $6 million somewhere oh, yeah, on a one-year sure. deal. But he chose to come here and be with his college teammate, Cole Beasley, and he loved he loved the offense we run up here, so why not come up to Buffalo on a cheaper deal and maybe get a ring out of it? And, you know, that's a, that's a big thing that a lot of people like to talk about that, and let's – Let's relay that to something that we've heard a lot with the New England Patriots, right? We know the New England Patriots. They had the Patriot way. You come in, you do your job. But now it kind of seems like the Buffalo Bills have kind of taken on that same mantra. And I think we've talked about this before, Bryce. I think it's impressive where a lot of the time when you're thinking about it throughout those drought years – a bunch of the teams in the AFC East, we were trying so hard to build teams to beat the New England Patriots instead of trying really hard to become the New right. England Patriots, which was get your front office set up. Become a franchise players wanted to find, go to. Find some stability. Build a culture that people want to go to. Like, see, the big problem with it is that, I mean, and not in Buffalo's case, but you had the Jets in Miami. You know, those are big markets yeah. that do attract South people. Beach. Yeah, you had to think about this. People went to New England because of the success that they were having. 
and that it was like, okay, if I go here, there's a winning mentality right. here, and I can go here, win a ring, reset myself and my market value. And then and go, go make on, some right? more money somewhere else, like Mitch is doing too this well, year. It was, it was the ring and mm-hmm. Brady. Yeah, yep. exactly. They had that. But uh, now we have Josh. We have a culture that people mm-hmm. are excited about. We have a quarterback and, that people want to come play with. That's and, a big yeah. part of it too. And a lot of that is Josh's attitude. Yeah. Um, he's come in here and more than impressed me just with his, his leadership. His, his attitude and his leadership. Yes, he, he came in and took over as a leader mm-hmm. from day one. Agreed. Which, which I, I was helps that's how, that totally helps start the with. culture. Yeah. It it's it starts with the coaches and your quarterback. Well uh, in, I think every year draft time the last few years, I'm not sitting there scratching my head going, what are they doing? Yeah. I mean, they have a plan. They're making smarter They're, moves. Right, exactly. For years, we, I, I just Big ball I or bean. like a Jet fan. Yeah. <laughs> what are they doing? Oh, my gosh. A current Jets fan. Yeah, and let's, let's, you know, let's talk about the Jets and the Dolphins, right? It almost seems like they're also trying to work towards – doing and taking the blueprint that the Buffalo Bills have taken, which is... Right. Hire a defensive get, coach. Well, not not just that. <laughs> I'm saying trying to get stability in their front offices. Trying to finally... Not firing... I mean, I mean, granted, the Jets just fired Adam Gates. But, but that we was, all know he yeah. was like the worst head coach you, ever. You had to do that. But thinking about, you know, they've had Greer in Miami for a long time as their GM. They've had Brian Flores there now for a couple of years. Yeah. Now they're bringing Robert Sala. This is going to be Joe Douglas's second year as a general manager. Now I'm just saying this looking in right now. God knows what happens in a couple of years if these franchises still have these coaches and general right. managers. Uh, but, you know, the big problem was during those years of trying to, you know, just build it to beat the Patriots. And if you didn't beat the Patriots, you know, you failed. And you got to reset and you got to do it again. And, you know, there was – those two markets of Miami and New York, they were able to, you know, reset, pay a bunch of people. If that didn't work out, reset, pay a bunch of people. Buffalo never really had that. Right. Well, no, not being able to pay a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but we were in that same cycle yeah. where every couple of years we'd blow it up and start over again mm-hmm. and have a new coach. And, it, you know, you just – you're not going to have success – without stability mm-hmm. and and you've got to and we never had the most attractive destination to come I, to that's either. what i'm saying yeah our new facilities though are oh yeah yeah they're first class oh yeah they and look real nice it's yeah. just bringing it circling around is the culture and we've talked about how it started and everything we brought in mm-hmm. sean mcdermott and we didn't bring in brandon bean at the time we had still one year of doug whaley before right. uh I, I believe Doug Whaley worked that last draft where we got Tredavious White before he was canned and we brought in Brandon Bean. And they've worked to basically turn Buffalo from that place where people were like, nobody wants to play in Buffalo, to Sean McDermott started. And we, I, you guys got to remember that fire sale that we had when they oh, came yeah. in. Oh, Sammy yeah. Watkins, gone. Yep. Like yep. Guys that we thought yep. were pillars mm-hmm. of the team that we had. They were like, no, these guys are gone now. If yeah. these guys don't fit what we want this team to be, they're gone. And, you know, a lot of us, I, I remember people, Questioning it at the time. I remember a ton of people being really angry 
that we got rid of Sammy Watkins. Like mm-hmm. that was that was one of those things where it was like this guy was supposed to be our wide receiver one for the future. He was supposed to be the pinnacle of the franchise. Mm-hmm. Like he was supposed to be. We drafted him to be our franchise receiver, and he never really lived up to that. And Sean McDermott said, "Hey, it doesn't matter to us. We'll ship him away to Kansas mm-hmm. City." With the pick that ended up eventually becoming, I believe, uh, I believe that is the pick that became Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen at that mm. point. So I mean, we can we can think they got our pick and a pick swap plus we got an extra pick or something from them. So we ended up getting Tremaine Edmonds and Josh Allen, and that year they ended up getting uh, they ended up getting Patrick Mahomes with the pick oh, that we yeah. should have had. So that's, I mean, just think about that too. And it's great to see the way that our two franchises have now pretty much, I mean, Kansas City for a long time too was a dumpster fire. Yeah, bad for so, And what did they do? They brought in Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. They've been stable. Yep. Andy Reid is building the team. He's building a strong offensive line. He's built, you know, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's done it the right way. And, you know, talking about Andy Reid. He has a lot of control out there. So. Yeah. Talking about Andy Reid and his kind of, you know, his coaching tree that he has, Sean McDermott being a part of that coaching mm-hmm. tree, yep. that's the next point I wanted to hit here is the progression of Sean McDermott as a coach that we've seen. Because we remember his first year, we were – and it might have just been me, but I don't believe so because, you know, dude has went from being that we're like, oh, yeah, we're going to punt it. Oh, super conservative oh, guy. Oh, yeah super like we were like oh my god we we were like we've seen this before we've had conservative head coaches before i mean god just think about it chan gailey is probably one of the most conservative coaches in the league and it's like we've seen it before but you know his progression over the years that we've seen and as we brought more people in i feel like sean mcdermott has really progressed as a coach it's not just he hasn't been the same guy every single year where you're like, you know what head coach is coming in. I can't even tell you right now what Sean McDermott's going to come in like next year because he has the mindset of almost a player where he wants to get better every single year. I think he has a lot of faith in Josh. Hmm. I think he puts a lot of trust in Josh to go out there and get certain plays done. That he knows a bunch of, if he put another person in that situation, he probably wouldn't be calling that play. But he knows since he has Josh, Josh can probably get that done. I don't think it's even just Josh, too. I think the it's offense in, in the general. The coaching staff. Yeah. I think they have a lot of faith in the coaching staff and Brian Dable and Leslie Frazier, even though all this year we we're pounding the table. Leslie Frazier is not getting it done. Please, and Sean McDermott came out and said, "Hey, I believe in Leslie Frazier." Yeah. And you know, hell, we had a top ten defense last year, so we were like, "What happened?" And it was like, "Well, we still believe in him." So I like this like progression of Sean McDermott of really trusting the team, also with other coaches, yeah. and not him calling all the shots. Like you know, when it's like all right, Sean McDermott called this because you'll see him fired up over on the sidelines. Like, I can't I can't tell you if I remember the first season, him being that coach where you saw him just getting crazy over on the sidelines if something happened. Right. But now it's like this year, like fourth down conversions, all this crazy stuff that we started doing this year. It shows that Sean McDermott has gone from maybe a guy who was a defensive, really closed-in conservative coach to someone who now trusts 
you know, everything to be opened up yep. with, you know, coordinators and trusting the players and trying something know, new. Yeah. Yeah. Like evolving yep. as a coach yep. in himself. And it's not something you're used to seeing when you're a franchise that's been stuck in hell for the longest time and you've got the same damn coach that comes well, back and I every I think year. you just said it too, trusting the players, mm-hmm. uh, trusting them to make the play. And and even giving Josh a little bit of a little leeway, bit of yeah, yeah. Um, because he has some players out there now that he's worked with. They can make the plays. He knows what Beasley's going to do. He knows he knows Diggs is going to get back to the ball. Right, yeah. exactly. Because you've got some experience, mm-hmm. good route running, smart receivers that know what to do. And if they're if they're in trouble, if he's in trouble, mm-hmm. they're coming back to the ball. They're making themselves available. Yeah, we didn't always have that, and and he hasn't. But now he, we've got somebody in Josh that's mobile enough to buy himself that extra time. Yep, and to fire him a ball that looks like it came out of a rifle. Oh, yeah, right. but you know that we, helps. Oh, yeah. We've had mobile quarterbacks before, but none of them could sling the rock. Like exactly, the rock. none yeah. of them kept like their Tyron. eyes downfield yeah. whilst yeah. running. Tyrod, <laughs> yeah. Even even when when he, Tyrod took off to run, he was he, just he running. running. Yeah, back. yeah, he was yeah. running. Yeah, or hell, even EJ Manuel to a to an extent was supposed to be an athletic quarterback who just yeah. couldn't do much, if anything no, at all. He could throw the ball out of the stadium too. Yeah. yeah, but you know, this is this is just something that I I don't think it's something that you would have known. Say coming in when we drafted Josh Allen. You know, he had his first year. Josh Allen was not the Josh Allen we know. Oh have. no! And you know, had this been any well, other, that's why we have him. Well, that's the thing, <laughs> which is the best part. If yeah. if anything, the other coaching staffs that maybe we had in the past, I don't know if Josh Allen would still be a Buffalo Bill. Well, maybe <laughs> he would have been given up on after a couple of years yeah. and just not. Like, because after that first year, I mean, you can say whatever you will. Josh Allen did not have a good rookie Mm-mm. season. You can blame that on the whole team pretty much being gutted and him having nothing to do. But if it was any other franchise except for the one that was being built by Brandon Bean and them believing in Josh Allen, yeah. Josh Allen might not be a Buffalo Bill right now right. if, say, we still had Doug Whaley as the right. GM no, and Rex no, Ryan. No, as our, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's just the – big difference between now and the 20 years of absolute suck that we had and then you know back then I mean we say the four Super Bowl years but the Buffalo Bills did have some success after the Super Bowl years too especially when they had Doug Flutie as their quarterback and things like that we kind of gloss over that and just you know say the 20 years we had had glimmers here and there there was glimmer after Jim Kelly retires you're like okay what do we you know the quarterback position is thrown up in the air and eventually you find something in Doug Flutie but then the organization with Rob Johnson they don't want to give up on this guy and blah 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 whatever but this really goes into I wanted to do a reflection and this is going to be mostly you because you lived this that's fine the Super Bowl years versus now what you what it was as a team what you saw as the team, the organization as a whole, with Bill Polian being the GM, or at least he was the GM for the first couple of years mm-hmm. of that team. Yeah. And then them building that culture with Marv Levy and that team, and how that kind of reflects on what the Buffalo Bills have now with Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean 
and their culture with this team. How does it? What are the similarities that you see? And as a Bills fan, do you feel when you look at them, you're like, yeah, these are the similarities that I feel of what made them successful? I would say most of it is what we've been talking about and what we've is just simply the culture and, and the way the team, you know, the guys want to be here. And I mean, they, they had their struggles and, and their little conflicts here and there that would come out in the paper with Bruce Smith or this one or that one. But when it came right down to it, Kelly, Thomas, Biscuit, Bruce Smith, all those guys, I mean, they loved each other. They were a team, you know, and, and that's what I'm starting to get the feeling of now. I mean, these guys want to be here. They want to play together. They, they're excited about what's going on. They know they've got something good going. Um, and and basically, there is a culture where, I don't know, for what, 15 years, 20? I mean, it's... It was just, I don't want to go to Buffalo, you, it's cold. You couldn't point to anything and say, hey, they've got a good thing going. And they've got a great culture there in Buffalo. Yeah, yeah nobody, guys nobody like to be there. I mean, it was just, it was a constant roundhouse of players in and out, in and out, in and out. I mean, there was never any, as I started the whole thing out, stability is, I mean, you look at Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. With Tomlin and, yeah. you know, and Big Ben. And, I mean, players have gone in and out of there, but. But they've that kept sustained is, success. Right. I mean, and they've had some down years, but they didn't, oh, well, we need a new coach. Let's dump Tomlin, you know, because they've had two bad years in a row. Yeah. I mean, they, they know what they have, and they stick with it, and, and they build. And, and I, I think that's what's going on here. It's, uh, and it's, it's exciting, and that's, it's a lot like it was back there. If you lost a piece, you brought another piece in. We'd lose, a, you know, like Diggs or, or like Emmanuel Sanders, you know. Lost John Brown, right. bought, brought John in Brown, Sanders. You bring in San, who, Samuels. Who we think is an upgrade. I, I, yeah. I heard you guys talking about him the other day. Yeah. Uh, very similar player. Yep. Good skill set. Good route I, very, runner. Very similar in veteran presence. And I, I want to, you know, make a remark of what Bryce said. Nobody was looking at Buffalo back at that time and was like, oh, yeah, I want to go play for Dick Jerron. Yeah. That's, that's who I want to go Ooh. play. What would they go last season? Yeah. Oh, they went 5-11? and 11? Oh, yeah, I'm going to go turn yeah. that franchise around. Yeah, exactly. In the offseason, we were hoping, hey, maybe we could go 8-8 eight and eight next year. They were lo- yeah. No, free agents were looking at Buffalo saying, man, it's cold up there and they suck. I'm not going up there. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, no. and nothing against Dick Duran. He's yeah. a great football mind, but just – He stunk. Yeah, he <laughs> did nothing for <laughs> – some us. minds and just can't help us. Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, and apparently Adam Gase was an offensive guru too. If you ask Peyton yeah. Manning, so yeah. you know not everybody's uh, what what you think. Oh, great football mind, dude, stunk as yeah. a head coach. And, well, you know, that's, but who knows? Maybe and a lot of that is it comes right down to who knows the locker room culture with Dick Duran and his personality and the guys that were there. It could have been. Dumpster fire in the yeah. locker room. Who knows? I mean, yeah. it probably was. Yeah. Rich Kotite was a good football mind, too. So, you know, it, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And you, you hinted on this before, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. The last thing is I said I, I wanted your thoughts on Josh Allen because you started talking about leadership and things like that. And, 
you know, there was a question that somebody did actually put on one of the posts that I didn't put in the PQ section because I assumed that one of these questions was going to take up quite a bit of our time on there. But I actually wanted to talk about the comparison of not just X's and O's and stats, but Jim Kelly as a leader of a team and Josh Allen as a leader of a team and what your thoughts are because, you know, everybody knows Jim Kelly didn't originally want to come to the Buffalo Bills and that was – you know, that was a whole thing in itself. Oh, as it sure different was. As different as it is to Josh Allen getting drafted day one. I mean, you don't have any options now to go anywhere else unless you want to go play for the CFL. But, which I don't even, I they, they're not even playing this year too. So it's uh, like you don't really have any options like you did back then with a rival league in the USFL. But it's that willingness to you know, want to play there, which eventually Jim Kelly did come around and became the guy in Buffalo, but at the start didn't want to be that. Oh, exactly. So yeah. when you when you think of Jim Kelly and Josh Allen, just similarity-wise of what you saw as your quarterback, because that was your quarterback. Yeah, he, he was your Josh Allen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, the, he was basically a savior. Yeah. But, uh, the, but that was right when – they were bringing everything in, everybody in, and turning everything around, and you know that's that's when the success started, really. Um, and um, my thoughts on both of them, and I was so happy to see Jim Kelly kind of take Josh under his wing right away, and, yeah. and start working with him, and, and just talking to him, and, and Josh was so open to that because Jim Kelly, to me, he was just a winner. He he just. He was tough as nails, and, and Josh seems to be the same way. It, competitors. It, competitors, oh, yeah. yes. Yep. Dogs. They're you, dogs. You, yeah, you said it. You got right. it right there. And and that's the similarity. The biggest similarity I see is they'll just they'll do anything. I mean, Kelly was in ball games where his knees were destroyed and he could barely walk. and be, He wasn't leaving that field as long as he could still stand up. Right. I mean, and, and – Had grit. Right, and – Josh is the same way. I, I pray he doesn't keep trying to jump over people or anything. Like <laughs> That's that. what made us uh, fall in love, though. That was the exactly, moment we all fell exactly. in love. He just he has that that mindset. Yep. And that's that's what I love. Whatever about it him. takes to and win. He's a leader. Yeah. And, and guys. He has like a good personality right. too. Like guys, guys would be his friend. Yeah, yeah. Even. I mean, Jim Kelly. Everybody went to his house after the games. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and they hung out. And yeah. They were friends, and they were a team even if they weren't on a team. Like the Josh is a guy you'd want to be friends with. Like he has that personality. Like, definitely, definitely. So I, I, I'm excited about it, and that's what I see in, in comparison to Kelly. Yeah. Just, and you know, you hit on this a little bit as well of Josh Allen being open to Jim Kelly and you liking to see that. And, you know, that's not just Josh with Jim Kelly. That's actually the whole team as we've seen it before. We've seen Tredavious White with Bruce Smith mm -hmm. talking about, you know, how they play and how their defense is, how they were coached. And we've seen Andre Reed be really, really, like hands-on with some of the receivers in the Bills locker rooms. Hell, Steve, uh, sorry, Steve Tasker, Tasker yeah. is literally hands-on with the Bills at one Bills drive 
Like, yeah. it's – that team is embedded still. Like, this new Buffalo Bills team, it's not like one of those teams where it's like, yeah, whatever, these guys are old. They respect these guys because they know what they mean to the community, but also well, these are Hall of did. Famers. Yeah, they know what they're talking about these, too. These yeah. are Hall of Famers. These guys, you can learn something from them. They broke that, my heart four times. <laughs> four falls of Buffalo. How, I mean, how hard is that? For a team to go to a Super Bowl four years in a row with a target on your back as being that Super Bowl team in yeah. your division and make it back four times in a row. I mean, it just yep, it's be, incredible. While being the hunted. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I forget uh, I forget what movie me and uh, Brianna were watching the other day, but there was, there was some joke that they made about betting on something. And it was a movie from the 90s, and it was like, I told you not to bet on the Buffalo Bills. And it was, he was like, yeah, but who loses four Super Bowls in a row? <laughs> yeah, like, I lost less money every year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> well, I'm not going to make that mistake yeah, again. <laughs> got it. Dad got eventually it. got there and was like, God damn it. Year one, I was all over it. Yep. Year two, it was like, uh, maybe, maybe. Hey, it's still optimistic. Year three, time, it was just like, nah, no, yeah, we're done betting. Year three and four came around. Dad was getting pissed off that they were winning the AFC. That they were still going just, back uh, to the oh, Super yeah, Bowl. Was, <laughs> yeah, because he knew what was coming, but there was yeah. always that, hey, there's a chance. Hey, we could win this one. one. But then the Dallas Cowboys said, no, we're, yeah. we're going to go ahead and uh, not let you do that. So that pretty much ends it for the first half of this where we're pretty much introducing dad and now we're going to get you guys introduced to dad with some of your questions that i was able to pull off of social media so make sure to stay tuned for that there will be a spicy take coming from another buffalo fanatics contributor right in a couple of seconds i have been your host jake with bryce and craig Dad, Craig. So, <laughs> Craig. So, we will make sure to see you guys in a couple of seconds. So, no promo this week, folks. I hope you're enjoying the show that I did in the past, but I really wanted to bring this up because Built in Buffalo is doing this, and I want everybody who does listen to be able to get in on this as fast as possible. If you do go to the Built in Buffalo Twitter, you will see a giveaway for a Devin Singletary signed jersey, completely free. All you got to do is follow Built in Buffalo, like the post, retweet it, and tag two friends in the comments section, and you will have a chance to win a signed Devin Singletary jersey. And get it, because after this year, prices for that jersey signature might just jump up. So you guys are going to want to jump on that as fast as possible. Make sure to go follow Built in Buffalo on Twitter. And while you're there, why don't you follow at Jake the Bills fan as well. I'm going to send you guys to the second part. Hope you enjoy it. Welcome, everybody, back to the Jordan Hour, where I am your host, Jake, with Bryce and Craig. Craig. And, uh, <laughs> you know, now we're bringing it back, finally, this week, the PQ section, which stands for the People's Questions section, where you guys get to ask questions to us, and we get to answer them for you. And, you know, this week's theme was kind of... You know, every single week we hit on what do the Buffalo Bills need? What do we think about the pass rush? What do we think about this? This week, I wanted questions geared more towards the history of the Buffalo Bills. And we've actually got a few good ones here. 
with the first one coming from Mark asking, favorite memory as a Bills fan? And, you know, I named this episode the an interview with a jaded Bills fan. So there's a ton of maybe bad memories that Dad has about the Buffalo Bills and right. having to live through it. And we're going to give him some time to think of maybe a good one. And me and Bryce will start off with some of our favorite memories as a Bills fan. And I'm going to let Bryce go first. Introduce us. What is your favorite memory as a Bills fan? Okay. Um, my favorite memory, the first one that came to my head when you asked the question was when me and me and dad, you weren't, you weren't living with us. You didn't go on the vacation. You were already in college. And, uh, we were on the plane on the on the ride back home, and the the bills the the bills were playing the Dolphins, and if we beat them and the Bengals Bengals won, we were going to the playoffs and breaking the drought. And uh, so me and Dad are watching the Dolphins and Bills game on the plane on the way home, and uh, they win, and then we finally got the news when we're getting off the plane that. The Bengals just won their game, and we're we're going to the playoffs. And so, immediately, all of us were we're looking at tickets to get to Jacksonville, get to the game, and all that. But yeah, man, that was just that was a good night. That was a really good night. That was my favorite memory. And I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off of that because I was also going to talk about the day that the drought was broken, and a lot of recent. Buffalo Bills fans are probably going to say that day that that day or maybe even newer newer ones are going to talk about how you know this year we're, we're making when the, we when we beat that absolute living shit out of the, out of the Broncos oh the Broncos when we beat the Broncos to win the AFC East for the first time yeah and however long it's been you know since the Patriots have just been dominating the division I remember where I was that that uh that day, I think is that the, that the night I got pulled over. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> me and Dad, we were at uh, we were at the uh, hotel. You were doing like a vacation right. for your for your uh, uh, employees, yeah. and we were sitting there in the Hard Rock with yeah. the game on, and we were just kicking the Broncos' yeah. ass. Yeah, like we were pretty much just scoring at will and i was like the buffalo bills came out and knew hey we win this game we win the division yep. for the first time for the fans and i believe it was what 19 years something like that 20 yeah something 20 like something that years yeah i don't know it was a long time that was one of my one of my favorite moments yeah, yeah. because i got to watch it and watch you guys see the bills go to the yeah. for the after Dad, I've watched torturing you guys with the misery for yeah. since you guys were this big. Right, right. Yeah. But yeah, so, my my but. favorite memory as a Buffalo Bills fan was I was at FGCU, probably not doing my homework <laughs> like I should have been, or not going to class, right. or whatever. Shocker. But but I was going, and I watched the Bills beat the Dolphins, and I was like. Okay, and every single year it was always like we need this, yeah, this, 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 Con- and this. All these contingencies. We need all of this to happen for us to make the playoffs, and it usually never, never happened. happened. But this year, somehow, every single thing was checking off the list, and it was like, holy hell! <laughs> I'm sitting there, and I had just started dating Bree at the time, so she had no idea how crazy of Bills fans we right. were, and. 
I'm sitting there and I'm like, okay, I got into this team when Rex Ryan was the coach. And Me like, too. I saw this team be absolutely awful. Then we brought in Kelvin Benjamin. Who oh my gosh! Still, still one of my—he's from our hometown. He's—he yeah. went to GC, Dad. S- still one of my favorite lines ever is Kelvin Benjamin is one Popeye's biscuit away. From <laughs> he was. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Just sitting there and watching it, I'm watching it. I'm like, okay, we won. That's great. I flipped over so quick to the Ravens game because I had to stream the games because mm-hmm. I was in a dorm room. There was no TV. Yeah, we were on an airplane. So, <laughs> so I'm sitting there. And I'm watching the final play where it's I it was fourth down, and Andy Dalton goes back to drop back. It's the end of the game, and it's against the Ravens. And they said that Buffalo Bills fans were watching, and if the Bengals won, then the Buffalo Bills would go to the playoffs for the first time in 17 years. And I'm sitting there going, Jesus, oh this is get a first down, get a first down. Yeah, I'm like, geez, please just convert this and get a first down, and then. Andy Dalton, that beautiful carrot, beautiful son of a bitch, that should be our backup quarterback. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He, he throws that. I, it was to Tyler Boyd, right? Yeah, that's who yeah. it was. He throws it to Boyd, and Boyd just misses those two Ravens defenders, and they don't know what the hell to do. They're chasing him, and yep. he's going to the end zone. And when he hit the end zone. I literally screamed, jumped off of my like bed on the ground, and I was like crying because I was like, finally, the family cannot blame me for being the reason why the <laughs> Buffalo Bills suck. And then we had like one of the worst playoff games ever. Well, let's not talk about that. That's, <laughs> yeah. that's, not, that's not a good memory. Yeah, we won't bring that one up. The only good thing about that is when we all got together and went to the Harry Buffalo. Yeah, right. right. That was the only yeah, cool thing was, about that it. Was fun. Other than that, that's the worst Blake play. Bortles rushed for more yards than he passed that game. That was yeah. literally, and then. And probably more than our team. The, yeah. The cherry on top of that game too is remember Tyrod goes out at the end with like a concussion and Nathan Peterman has to come. Oh, like, yeah. Nathan Peterman's the answer. He's going to save us. And then he just throws a pick and it's like, ah, oh, it's yeah. over. And then proceeds like the next season to throw five and one half. Yeah, well, against the Chargers. Yeah. yeah we, we should have known that uh, Nathan Peterman wasn't going to be doing much for us in no. that game. But yeah. Hey, but John Gruden loves him. Yeah. Apparently. Nathan Peterman's the future. One day. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, that's enough of it, you know. And we could talk about, too, this season there were a lot of things that I loved that the Buffalo Bills did, like the Broncos game or us finally stomping the Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah, just r- keep running it. All the shit that they were talking all oh, year. Yeah. And then finally, at the end, when they need to win this one game right. against the Buffalo Bills second stringers no fucking to make chance. it into the playoffs, we said, we no. Yep. No, you are not allowed Put to. Put up a 50-burger. And I was about to say, I don't – like that was just the the cherry on top oh, yeah. for the end of that season for us. Like the yeah. a fifty point. We, we I think me and Jay were talking about it all week. It's just like I want a fifty burger yeah. on him. I want yeah. a fifty. Bur- and then sure enough, the Sunday comes and it's just like we're gonna do it. <laughs> no, that was that was great too because we watched that game because we were doing uh we were doing our fantasy yeah, we, football yeah. and we were in a league where for some reason it went all the way to week sixteen. Yeah. And we didn't know who was sitting or who wasn't, but we watched that game, and it was the most beautiful thing yep. that I've ever seen. I watched Antonio Williams 
tear oh up my gosh, the yeah. starting defense for the Miami Dolphins. That that would be a close second for me, just this whole season together and the way that we won the AFC East. And then after we won the AFC East and locked it up, we went and beat the shit out of the Patriots the week after that. Yep. And then we basically went on a little tour, and then we smacked yeah. the Dolphins at the end of the season just to sweep the division. And we were like, no, it's done. This yep. year this year was ours. But, you know, we've talked enough about what we liked, and I can see that Dad has it pulled up on his phone, and that is a close second for me because, like you know, I went back and did my research and watched all those games. Right. And even though I didn't live, I lived out that whole oh, season. Oh, yeah, that was, uh, I've out, seen that one. I lived out that whole season in about a week. You lived it out all 16. And waited. Yeah, and waited to see this game. Dad, what exactly. was your favorite? It's It's got to be much, much like you guys. Not necessarily anything happening in a Super Bowl or anything like right. that, but when we went to the first Super Bowl mm. and to get there, we just absolutely destroyed the Raiders. Oh, yeah. And that game was just, I mean, it's so much fun when you can watch a game and just, there was, we just, we were enjoying it so much and having such a good time yeah. because I, I think it was what, it ended up uh, 51 to 3. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there, I mean, there was to no, go to the was, Super Bowl, there, a yeah, playoff game exactly. where it really I mean, matters. It just, like, yeah, it, it just, it was such a good feeling. And, and that's why we were going in. Uh, that's why I made so many bets. You, <laughs> yeah. We just on top of the world. Oh, yeah. And, and we just had so much fun watching the game. Yep. There was never any nerves, any, you know, it was just, you were just having a good time because we were just. You were on top of the world. All over the yep. place. And, uh, yeah, that was just, that was, I'll, I'll never forget that game and going to that first Super Bowl. That was just incredible. Yeah, there that was. was I, but it, it took me a while to think about it, though. What was my? There was just too many. Oh, the Music City Miracle. Oh, wide right. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I had to sit there and think about it, and then I was like, Oh yeah, that Raiders game. That was just yeah. that was absolutely incredible. That's like the cherry on top of you know. Uh, before that, you know, I'm sure a lot of people know the history, but the bickering Bills and finally going into this season shutting everybody up you know the year prior you got bounced out by the browns and you were like you were like okay i'm done with this and you watched your team go in and then you know if if you go back and look at what people were saying before that game the bills were not favored against the raiders at all that game the raiders were so hyped up so for the bills to go in there and drop a 50 burger Mm -hmm. like if you go back and watch this game which you can find it on youtube uh the, the Buffalo Bills just put on a clinic. It was like an oh, they, air raid show. Thermon Thomas oh, yeah. and um, Bruce Smith yeah. just had a game just absolutely destroying yeah. that offensive line of the Raiders. That's that's a great game to go back yeah, and watch. Thomas, Thomas was everywhere mm-hmm. in that game. Yeah, that was that was just a even I, I think during that game too, James Lofton goes yeah. off too. It's like Lofton, everybody he, gets something in that game, yeah. man. Everybody gets something. And that's a that's a great game. I gotta say, after going back and rewatching everything, there were a couple of games during the seasons that I liked, but nothing compared in all the playoff games that I watched to that one. That was yeah. I could tell that got me excited, even though I knew what happened in the Super Bowl after that. Mm-hmm. Just right. watching that, it almost looked like the Buffalo Bills had 
they had not gone against any other team except the Giants, who knew how to stop the Buffalo Bills. Yep. Probably would have went in there and whooped everybody else. Yeah. So that's obviously that's an awesome memory too. Like the only way to beat the Bills was keep Kelly and the offense off the field. Exactly. And that's what they did. And hell, that's what that's what they say about our offense now and the Kansas City Chiefs. So yep. you know, yep. everybody wants to say at least. I think the Buffalo, and the Colts, that's, that's the I've Colts almost that did that. Our, all our success is going to come on the defensive side of the ball this year. Well, it, it needs to. Let's let's not even you know get past the point that you know the Buffalo Bills. At least that team was ahead of their time. At least when it comes to now, it's a mm-hmm. passing game. Like everybody, everybody wants to talk about you know the run game still is important, but that's really to just you know manage the clock, not really to score on offense. Set up uh, the pass. Yeah, this this that Buffalo Bills team was let's just, let's just put it where it is. They were elite in the passing game. They were revolutionary. Ahead. Yeah, they were re- a revolutionary with the K, the K- with the yeah. K gun offense, yeah. the hurry up, no huddle offense, yeah. which you know you know it had been a thing, but it wasn't so very popular until the Buffalo Bills took it and basically brought it and made it mainstream. Like, hey, this. You know, you can because they people. didn't use it as much. They mm-hmm. used to use it in certain areas of a game, yeah, or maybe for your two minutes, certain two certain situations. But yeah, for yeah. for us to just come out and run that all the time, yeah, just bam, 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 you know. But then we had Thomas and Davis that could run the ball, mm-hmm. and you know, we we could control it without doing that as well. You know, we it, could run the ball and control the game too. Dual threat offense. Yeah. 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 And that was a that was another question that I uh, I skipped and didn't put in here. Somebody was like, "Do we need another Thurman Thomas?" And I kind of thought, "I'm like, that's kind of a stupid question." Of course, I'd love to have <laughs> yeah. I would love to have another yeah. Thurman Thomas on our team right now because dude could catch. He did have kind of a fumbling issue, but you know, dude was. I, if Barry Sanders was not in the league. If there was a one and two in the league when it came to running backs, at least at that time, it was Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas at that point. Oh, just yeah. the way and, that they and, could control a game. And Thurman Thomas, you know, uh, Kenneth Davis, you didn't really miss a beat either mm-hmm. with him behind Thomas when they'd spell each other. Yeah. I mean, he was something else too. Yeah. But, yeah, no, the, like – I, I love to go back and look at that team, and everybody kind of likes to live in the past. And I think it's cool to live in the past and stuff, uh, but my big problem with it is when people bring it up. I'm trying to remember, uh, it was the Kansas City game this year where me and you, like right behind us on those couches, you watched me get mad as people talked about how you know this reminds me of the Buffalo Bills going to the championship game against the Browns and losing and then you know the next year they came out and they had a Super Bowl run and I was like all right look there's a difference between like reveling in the past and being like oh that was awesome and being like this reminds me of this and you know making a direct comparison yeah Yeah. it's like no dude here's the thing the the my big thing was those Cleveland Browns were not the fucking Kansas City Chiefs okay (laughs) that's that's not what we're dealing with here but you know, talking about these teams and going back and looking at it, somebody asked us, what is the dream Buffalo Bills team? Just going off of, you know, corn, like if you had to build a starting offense and a starting defense, 
where would you go? Now, we, we talked about this a little bit because I floated this question that we were going to be having this. And, you know, I think there's, there's quite an argument, I mean, to some positions, but some it's almost like, you know, these guys are Hall of Famers. Of yeah. course, they're going to be yeah. the best at that position. But I feel like people want to know, especially Dinah wanted to know Dream Buffalo Bills team. And, you know, that could have meant, what do I want the Buffalo Bills to have right now? Well, I want the Buffalo Bills to have Derrick Henry as a running back <laughs> right now. That's my dream Buffalo Bills Or Dalvin Cook. Yeah, somebody other than the guys that we have back yeah. there right now, even though they're not bad. No. And we didn't talk about that in this podcast. Uh, maybe you can talk about that when we, you know, finish off on Bills' biggest need. But dream Buffalo Bills team, let's just go – offense right now right we don't have to talk just, we'll just go receivers quarterback running back yeah right? because we don't yeah. have to talk about offensive O-line, line yeah stuff right, like that right. but, i'd put like eric wood at center stuff like I'd that i'd have to go all the way back to joe delamalure yeah, exactly so let's just talk about it running back this is a big one i think this is a real big one because there are really good running backs in the history of the buffalo bills you're running back one who is it bryce O.J. Simpson, yeah, uh, I and he's not even. I know Thurman Thomas is uh, actually ahead of him in like our rushing yards and stuff like that. But he was with the Bills much longer than O.J. was. O.J. was the first. What was it? The first running back to have a two thousand yard yeah. season. Yeah, like, so I would. A, that was a four, yeah. fourteen game season back then. Well, and you got to give it to O.J. Only because. He was the offense. Yeah, it was Buffalo's, him. Buffalo's it was game just... plan was OJ to the left, right, OJ, <laughs> OJ up, up the, the middle. middle. <laughs> Everybody knew OJ was going to fall, and they still couldn't stop. Exactly. Him. So and you got to give it to OJ. And you know there are some, and even if it's not guys who had their best times on the Buffalo Bills, I floated this to Bryce. A lot of people forget we drafted Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. Yeah. And you know. Beast mode. Started beast yeah. mode. The yeah. Bills Mafia, dude. dude. Loved right. Applebee's. Yeah. Like we. Yep. Yep. Like I. When I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, it has to go. What? It has to go. OJ. But when you talk about beast mode, and everybody thinks about OJ dancing around like Barry mm-hmm. Sanders and running yeah. around the yeah. end and everything. I don't know how many times I saw him run into a crowd of four mm-hmm. or five defenders and just come on out. Here yep. comes OJ out the other yeah. side. I mean. That dude was strong yeah. too. Exactly. I mean, so I think so if, I, I give it to him. If I'm going, yeah. If I'm going like running backs, it goes OJ, and then Thurman, and then, and then Marshawn. No, no, not even, not even, not Marshawn. even Marshawn. I think uh, Fred, Jackson. Fred Jackson. Yeah, Fred, Fred Jackson, Jackson for sure. Fred yeah. Jackson for sure because he did yep. more for the yeah. Buffalo Bills than. Oh, he did. I almost when I, when I was buying all those signed jerseys and stuff for my office, I almost got a Fred Jackson signed like eight by ten because i was like even though i didn't watch him play i know him and stevie johnson were like core pieces of those teams oh, yeah. that just and if you didn't have a diehard bill fa- bills fan they'd probably mm-hmm. walk in and say fred jackson who's that yeah, yeah. That was fred yeah. jackson but he was yeah dude was, <laughs> he was awesome. a, a cornerstone of the team for yep years yeah. yeah that was uh uh man i i don't i don't even know what to say because now i'm thinking about the other pieces that we have to go through and, you know, we did running back. Wide receiver now. Who's the best wide receiver in the history of the Buffalo Bills? Dad. Wow. Tough one, but Lofton had a lot of good years in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Most of his career spent in Green Bay, though. Yeah, yeah. But, wow, that, that's tough. There's so many good ones. Okay, so let, let's name some off, right? We've got Stevie Johnson. We've got Andre Reid. Right. We've got... Yeah, yeah well, that's, that would have been... That's what I said earlier. Andre Reid. Andre Reid. Um, and that's, that's, that's who I would have to mm-hmm. go with because he has longevity. Yeah. Um, the man could do it all. He... he run routes over the middle, he'd go deep, mm-hmm. he'd, you know. I mean, you've even was, got guys was, that you can throw in there, like James right. Lofton, Don Beebe, you know, yeah. guys that yeah. on those teams were, yeah. you know, center. P- I'm going to say, and I'm going to be a homer in a new time, I'm going to say Andre Reed is number one, but number two is Stephon Diggs. I, I was going to say Andre Reed is, but it will be Stephon Diggs. I think it will be It Stephon. will be I would, Stephon I would love Diggs. I to see that, and yeah. after what he did last year. And I wouldn't doubt. Yep. He seems to have with Josh. Oh, yeah, they're best friends. They're buddies. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Well, you're both wrong. It's going to be Gabe Davis is going to be there. Gabe Davis is a stud. I love love him. He's a UCF. Yeah, we have a bias towards him. He's a UCF boy. You should have seen it the other day. I bought bought a Gabe Davis signed rookie card with a patch from his jersey just because I know. I bought it for $30 now. When this dude breaks off, yep. and I got his rookie card signed with yeah, that, he's, your, he's your next Shannon Sharp. Yeah, exactly. Yep. He's going to be amazing. So, yeah, now quarterbacks. There are quarterbacks that have been with the Buffalo Bills that you got to talk about. And we can talk about, you know, now we've thrown it up in the air. Number one, it's got to be Jim Kelly at this moment. Yeah, right he's now. Jim Kelly, right? Yes. Number two, Josh Allen is number two right now. Doug Flutie also made it to – I would have to say Josh Allen's gotten us further than I'd, Doug Flutie ever Yeah, did. and I'd say Flutie's third just because he's also had a cereal just like Josh. <laughs> Even yeah, though but, Josh – But Flutie like, Flakes I, I were – Joe Ferguson probably made a box of <laughs> – yeah, yeah, or something. Yeah. I don't know. I was going to say, too, they there Flutie were guys flakes. that were around forever like Joe Ferguson. Yeah. So, he, But, yeah. He, he, was, he was a tough guy. Played a lot of years, had some success here and there, but just <laughs> I never had a team. I still him. think that really. I still think so. that in a couple of years, it's going to be like depending on what kind of success Josh Allen has, he's broken all the records already. He's yeah. on he's on pace to be the greatest Buffalo Bills quarterback. Yeah, I, I hope time. I hope he can overtake Kelly. That's I, and and if he wins Jim that's the goal. You Jim want Kelly. a guy to overtake your best. Yeah. <laughs> Kelly has even said that he wants Josh to break all of his records. Yeah, so, of course, yeah. And I mean, because Jim Kelly wants what's good for Buffalo. Exactly. Exactly. And that's a that's a goddamn Super Bowl. That's a man. Yeah. So, and if he wins a Super Bowl, that puts him on the top no matter what. Oh, yeah. that's a... Who's the best fullback in Buffalo Bills history? Patrick DeMarco? <laughs> that's the only one I could name. <laughs> I don't know. We, we Buffalo hasn't really been a team fullback team. I mean, at least now. Recently. Now they aren't. But Oh, we had some good fullbacks back in the day mm. when, when OJ was on the team and I mean, uh, had to get OJ all the help he could get, put to, another guy in front of him. I was about to say, they oh, just yeah. blocked for OJ. Well, yeah, they <laughs> but, did. But, and then they did. as a surprise, every Yeah, time they'd hand it to him, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Break wait, one wait, off wait, because nobody have, was expecting it. Um, you know, all I can think of is, like, the linemen, though, Delamalor and Reggie <laughs> McKenzie. And, 
Yeah. Reggie McKenzie was fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Williams. Well, let's let's we got to get to the defense here. Yeah. Soon, but you know that's. Uh, so our offense are pretty much our number ones are OJ at running back. Yep. Jim Kelly. And then let's say our two receivers are Andre Reed and Stefan Diggs. Yep. And tight end, we didn't even talk about it. Uh, Dad, can you just name a tight end from uh, back in the day that we can throw on here? Uh, we had a few throughout, but I would say the most consistent and probably the best one I would have to say was Pete Metzlars. Yeah. He, he, he made a lot of big-time catches. Okay. And, and was, you know, if Kelly was in trouble, mm-hmm. a lot of times he could, he'd find Metzlars out there. We didn't, so. we didn't talk about it either. Jack Kemp at quarterback. We, mm-hmm. we well, didn't talk about him either, but. Yeah, that was even before my time. So Yeah, I know. Yeah, was, he was. Uh, was Billy Shaw also before your time, Dan? Uh, I, I remember him, but I was pretty <laughs> you're, young. You're I, was, I was I was a wee little kid. At yeah. that point, I have a I have a for some reason with the lot of jerseys I got, I got a signed Billy Shaw thing, and I'm like, yeah. I don't know who Billy Shaw <laughs> is, but yeah, cool. He's a Hall of Famer, so that works out. So let's go into the defense, right? Corners. Who are the best corners in Buffalo Bills history? cornerbacks i mean if you if you take their body of work after even after they played for the bills right i mean stefan gilmore has got to be one right gilmore when he played for us wasn't the best cornerback no but when he went to the patriots he became i wouldn't count him because like it wasn't in our system i wouldn't say but like I said too, if we were gonna put guys like uh, if we were gonna put guys like James Lofton on the list, who played most of their time with Green Bay, did we put James Lofton on the list? James Lofton was on the list of wide receivers that we said. Obviously, we didn't put him in right. one or two, but you know, just for what he contributed those years too. Like we drafted Gillylock, and then he went on to become a defensive player of the year in a different system. But if you took prime Stephon Gilmore, even though he he was a Buffalo Bill at the time. If you took him in his prime with the Patriots, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I like to look at their contribution to our team. The team I'd say, so. honestly, I'd say Tredavious White, but that's just I'm, because that's what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Looking back at the history of them, and I just pulled a list off, I mean... <laughs> Trey, I'd say Trey. Oh, Leotis McKelvin, yeah. Yeah, Leotis McKelvin, he was okay. Uh, Antoine Winfield. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. Good years. Mm-hmm. But I, I would have to say yeah, Trey, Trey White. Trey, yeah. Talent-wise and, you know, what he's contributed, contributed yeah. so far, it has to be one of the best. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I hope that continues. Me too. And, and he'll – He'll be all-star material. Hopefully in a, in like 10 years, a lot of our all-time team will be the guys that are on this team right now. I would love, exactly. for, it. I would yeah. love for it to be. Let's talk about linebackers. Daryl Talley or Cornelius Bennett. Who's the best one? Because oh, I don't know. Oh, that is so tough. We talking about like. <laughs> Lorenzo Alexander. No, yeah. No, nah, Bennett. Yeah, I think Spider-Man Bennett. Or Biscuit. Who, who is it? It's got to be one of them. Cornelius wow. Bennett, I'd say. I love them both. 
I, I love them I both. I do too. That that's a toss up. I told I mean, you too when I went back and watched that film. Nobody talks about it, but Cornelius Bennett was just as big of a contributor in that Bills defense as you know guys like Bruce Smith. Oh, and for the pass rush, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. See that that's that's why it's so hard. Bennett, I loved because he was so good on the pass rush, and he was just that perfect fit with with Bruce on the outside or you yeah. know, with Bruce moving around wherever he wanted to go having to worry about Bennett too in the pass rush that that allowed Bruce to do what he did mm. but when it came to run stopping and and getting in there and you know making big hits over the middle and everything like that I mean Tally was just he was a monster yeah. So, oh, that that that's a, that's a really tough one. I know. I had to throw it at you because <laughs> I I looked right at you when I said it too. I was like, if if I had to choose one, oh, I, I would have to say Tally because he did it all. I mean, Biscuit did it all too, but I think Tally did it even even more. I, I don't. I'd love to throw their numbers. Up against each other, I've, mm. I've I've never actually sat and looked at their numbers against each other, but yeah, I. So okay, let's they were let's both do just so number good. one. I mean, <laughs> you could say one A, one B because they're both really really good. I'm gonna put. If it were me, I would put Cornelius Bennett at number one, and then yeah. Daryl Talley at two. Okay. But it's I, such I can't a argue toss- with I yeah. can't argue a, with that. Such yeah. a toss up. They, now, were, they were both so good at what they did. Now let's talk about defensive Bennett, line. Bennett made so many of the big plays, yeah. forced fumbles, things like that. He was your he was the biggest part of our bend but don't break defense. Yep. So and now let's talk about the beautiful defensive line that the Buffalo Bills have had really good defensive players over the years. I'm just gonna say right now, a defensive tackle, nothing gets better than Kyle Williams. Yeah. No. Kyle Williams. He was our best fullback, too. <laughs> there he is. We'll put him at fullback. fullback. I said it earlier, but you guys didn't hear me. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah Kyle Williams is the best fullback in yep. Buffalo Bills history. Uh, he just slightly edges out Patrick DeMarco. Yep. Uh, but no, let's say, and then the best defensive end is Bruce Smith. Yep. Without a doubt. Right there. Yeah. I mean, hell, he's. What he's the all-time leading sack leader, right? Or is that uh, is that Lawrence Taylor? Uh, or are they tied? I'm not sure. I'm pretty yeah, sure Bruce Smith is number one. Yeah, he? I think he I think he outdid Taylor. Yeah, I think he ended up he broke it in Washington. Right after yeah yep. after uh, Taylor retired, I believe. Uh, sack leaders Bruce Smith is number one with 200, and yep. and Reggie thought. White and Kevin Green follow. Not oh, even wow. Lawrence so, Taylor. Yeah. He's not even top three. Well, Re- Reggie White was amazing. And he's only two behind Bruce Smith. He's at 198. Bruce Reggie Smith White. got 200. Yep. Yeah. Well, Reggie White, I mean, that dude was a beast too. So. And for fullback, I just remembered uh, Jim Braxton was the guy that blocked for OJ all yeah. the time for years. It wasn't the greatest runner in the world, but he mm. was a heck of a blocking back, and, and he could run the ball too. He could so. take a fake a couple yards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, he Everybody no, was all so shocked. Take that. They, were, <laughs> they were so shocked for him to get the ball that he had some real nice runs sometimes. Yep. Well, it's been really fun, but, dude. We didn't even get to the last question from Trey, 
Yeah, Trey or Troy. I don't know what I wrote there, but mm-hmm. it's one of those. Buffalo Bills' biggest need, uh, if you want to talk about it real quick, I think cornerback too. I think, I think the biggest need is a legitimate cornerback too. Yeah. I won't argue with that. Um, only because we have Star coming back to stuff up the middle. Uh, I, I think a run stopper, and somebody, I, somebody to go along with, uh, which we have a lot of talent there. On our I line. think it'll just make the rest. Of the we'll game. just, we'll just grab. I think we just grab somebody in the draft for competition with Levi Wallace and Dane Jackson, like a uh, J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn. Or uh, you because I don't if yeah. Available, that'd be a great pick. Or uh, I don't think Patrick Sertan. I don't uh, think Patrick Sertan will be there anymore. No, probably not. Uh, Ilhamfamu from Syracuse. Yeah. is also really really good. There's um, a bunch. There's guys we can get at thirty. Yeah, exactly, for corner yeah. to compete. Yeah, I think cornerback too. Don't pick a running back in the first round. Yeah. Uh, or get an edge rusher like Carlos Basham from Wake Forest. Get someone like that if you really want to. Because think about it, our edge rushers right now are, we've got Mario Addison who's regressing and Jerry Hughes who, God knows, one of these years he has to start regressing. He's yeah. getting old. So we're going to need somebody else to put behind them with uh, AJ Epinesa. So yeah, I would say that those are the two things that uh, we should go after. So yeah, another week, another episode of the Jordan Hour where we just sat and we talked about football. For a whole hour, we talked about the Buffalo Bills. These times fly by, dude. We do this every single week. I was yep. going to say, it's no different from whenever you guys come up here. Exactly. There's a microphone sitting on Yeah, the now there's a microphone here. <laughs> and, you know, uh, Uncle Drew, I didn't send the text message to him this morning. I forgot to hit send. But I was going to invite oh, no. him on the show, too, because he was talking about it. And I'm like, he's literally, all he has to do is hop on a phone call, and he can be on one of these shows, too. That's, you know, out to everybody, too, like, so. Well, and, and that's my life. I have two other brothers, and that's all we talk about. And now I have three boys, and that's all we talk about. Oh, yeah. And my wife thinks it's an illness. Yep. But it's beautiful. I think it's a godsend. It's a, so it's a godsend. It's a beautiful thing. Yep. <laughs> and if Grandpa was still around, he'd probably talk about he'd it, be too. Right here oh, yeah. So. That's that's awesome. So, yeah, thank you, everybody, for watching this, however you are, or listening to it on Apple, Spotify, however you're getting this. Whether you're in the gym, in the car, or just trying to escape from the reality that is the United States of America right now at this moment during the COVID-19 pandemic. So we want to thank you for choosing us to listen to every single week to get away from it. My name has been Jake, as always, with my brother. Bryce. And Craig. Craig. Dad. Dad. (laughs) And we will see you guys next week.